Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Doubt Me Now podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gordon. And this is a podcast about mental health, comebacks, getting out of that struggle, getting back to your old self, but a new and improved version. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good, huh? You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I know I was. See, the thing is, I don't consider myself to be depressed anymore. Definitely still suffering with anxiety. I think the depression is gone, at least for now. We've always got to be ready. Never let your guard down. Don't be scared, don't be anxious, don't be worried about it, but be aware that life's going to throw you some curveballs and there's too many times I've thought I was out of the hole only to be launched back into it. And see, when I accepted that, it made it easier. And it's not not accepting that I'm going to be this person forever. That's not the case. I've talked about that before. It's not accepting that I'm going to be best forever. It's just that I'm going to have bad days, okay? But not depression, okay? I've had depression. I know what that's like. I'm now in a phase where I have bad days. Depression is when every day feels dismal. There's no hope for the future. Or at least that's how we feel. And what I want to talk today, talk about today, is... um, the bystander effect. Now, if you've ever heard of the bystander effect, you might think, how's this relevant to, to to us, to self-help, to getting better? And so let me first explain, just in case you haven't heard of what the bystander effect is. Um, so it says here, and this is in verywellmind.com, the bystander effect, also known as bystander apathy, refers to a phenomenon. phenomenon. God, I'm struggling today, haven't I? But that's what I like about my podcast, maybe a wee bit different, it's, it's unedited. I just say it and it comes and it feels more like a conversation than anything else. And I hope you guys like that too. If you just don't, feel free to email me, doubtmenowpodcast at gmail.com. Refers to a phenomenon, I'm going to skip that word, in which the greater number, sorry, in which the greater the number of people there are present, the less likely people are to help the person in distress. If you witnessed an emergency happening right now before your eyes, you would certainly take some sort of action to help the person in trouble. While we might all believe that is true, psychologists suggest that whether or not we intervene might depend upon the number of people or witnesses that are present. There's a few famous examples of this, of you know, you know, people screaming for help and not getting the help or things like that, or someone else will phone 999 or 911, depending on where you are in the world. And there's an example here where it says about if you were in a, I don't know, let's say you're in a waiting room full of people and smoke starts to appear in the room, you probably look around to gauge other people's um, reactions to that smoke. And if no one else is panicking, you might not panic. But if you were in that room by yourself and the smoke started to come in, you'd probably panic much more quickly and do something about it, like leave the room, go and find help, or you know, or at least find out what's going on. And quite often, most 
other people may be thinking the same thing. They're thinking, they're looking at you, you're looking at them, no one's reacting. You've also heard the opposite happening things where, um, what is it called, mass panic? Someone shouts fire. I used to be in the fire service where you've seen a lot of examples of this, not personally, but in the training. Someone would shout fire and it could cause a stampede when actually there was no fire. But more often than not, it's the other way around. Someone falls over in the street. If you're the only person in that street, you're not going to just walk past if you're going to offer them a hand. Now, if you're in a busy shopping street and someone falls over and there's videos of this on YouTube, people can just keep walking past, keep walking past. This is just popping in my head as well. I've also seen examples where someone's dressed up as like a homeless man and they fall over and no one helped, but you're dressed up as a man in a suit, all of a sudden everyone's helping. So as I said, how might this be relevant to our struggles and what we are going through? And I was thinking about this. And um, I mean, I, I have mentioned before that I come from a fairly large family you know my parents are still together I've got two sisters you know at the time I had a partner with two kids I've got a good circle of friends quite a lot of people around me plus when I was going to the hospital I had NHS dealing with it and sometimes I think in my situation that possibly people are saying the hospital might be thinking well he's got his mum and dad there mum and dad were thinking that's all right the hospital taking care of this you know, another thing I've mentioned before is that the people close to us often don't quite know what they're doing, so they maybe have that panic and they're like, well, I don't know if I can help. And they always think someone else is dealing with it. And my friends are probably thinking, it's all right, he's got a family and he's been to the hospital. And then when I speak to my CPM or whatever, they're thinking, oh, you've got a good group of friends and you've got family there. You know, maybe people aren't quite, you know, everyone else thinks that someone else is helping. Now, I don't know from personal experience because, you know, like I said, that's the situation I'm in. So I'd be interested to hear from anyone out there that's completely alone, you know, it's maybe not got parents and or or friends, if they got more help from the hospital because the hospital was well aware that they didn't have that support um, or, or or vice versa. I'd be interested to know that. Let me know. Doubt me now, podcast at gmail.com. we really keen to hear. So I was thinking about it and... I was thinking about, you know, um, Tom Hanks in that movie, The um, Castaway, with Wilson, the football. That broke my heart when Wilson floated away. Wow. If you've not seen that, I do apologise, but <laughs> it's an old movie, so I'm hardly going to be, um, it's hardly a, a, what do you call it, not cliffhanger, another one, a spoiler. Now, if you're on that group of, uh, that island with a group of people, you probably feel much more safe and you maybe because you had other people around you you might feel like you can you can wait it out for help to come you know in the coast guard or search planes or whatever but I want you know I'm thinking but if you were the only person on that island like Tom Hanks was you'd probably think I've got to take action now I'm by myself I need to you know rather than thinking oh I can't start a fire but that guy can start a fire you know, you're the only person there. You're the only person that can start a fire. So I was thinking about that as in, you know, depression and mental health. If you're, if you, I was thinking, are we, are we our own bystanders in our mental health? Are we, because I think certainly for a long time, you know, I was crying out for help and I was waiting for someone else to come along. And as I said, you know, 
are maybe wanting my parents or whatever to step in or the hospital to step in, but they're also thinking, oh, the other one will help. And I was maybe the bystander in my own sort of breakdown and downfall. I don't know if I should call it a downfall, but definitely a breakdown. Was I watching myself struggle and presuming that someone else was going to help or hoping that someone else was going to help when actually it was me that needed to step in and take action? You know, if I if I didn't have a family, my parents and the NHS wasn't there, would I have taken action much more quickly? That's something I'm interested in. Would I have, you know, it wasn't fair for me to put that on other people, but I was in a situation where I didn't know how to help myself. And because I had a lot of people around me, I was maybe just hoping that they would you know, I was, I was maybe putting that on them, which wasn't fair. But at the same time, you you do want if, you, if there's people there, then you're expecting support. You know, I am, and I'm not going to say that I didn't get any support. I, no way, there was definitely support there. Maybe just not on the level that I needed. But again, it goes back to was I taking responsibility for my own issues? Now I know depression, all that's not a choice. The choice was how I dealt with it which is alcohol and drugs and not looking after myself and just kind of giving up at some points um, so yeah was I was I a bystander because I was presuming someone else would help me or hoping someone else would help me and putting that pressure on someone else I think so because it took me a long time and do you know what I haven't really spoke about this much before but when it started off, the stress was. It started off with stress from work. That's how it all started, and then it unravelled because there's certain things, and I might speak about them more in depth because I want this to be an open, honest podcast. There's certain things, but it's going to involve me saying things about people close to me, and I'm not wanting to, you know, out anyone. But those, um, yeah, the. I, it's quite hard for me to talk about, if I'm being honest. Certain things happened within my family that just made me feel more and more alone. And the depression and anxiety went from being about work to being about feeling abandoned and broken. My heart was broken by you know, messages that I read on my mum's phone that she sent to other people about me. And, you know, my mum's a wonderful person, but she certainly goes about some things in, in a way that is quite hurtful. Um, and as I say, I'm not wanting to bash anyone, but it's just, this is an open, honest podcast. So, yeah, and, and it just made me feel, I was like, wow, people really don't, care about me and I don't think they actually didn't care about me I just think they were struggling with it in their own way but yeah it became about work stress to about being like wow do I care that fucking little to everyone but I don't want to go into that too much because I'm not wanting to be self deprecating is that the right word because I'm now in this positive mindset and it's like right and I'm seeing things from a different angle but at the time it certainly felt like that that was hard to deal with and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long time since I spoke of that. It's bringing up a wee bit of emotion here, if I'm being honest. And the more I felt people didn't give a shit about me, the more I felt my family didn't give a shit about me, the more I felt the hospital didn't give a shit about me, 
the more I just thought, fuck it. And it wasn't until recently, sort of a year and a half into it, when I thought, wait a minute. If they're not going to help me, I've got to help myself. And I wish I had that strength at the start to say I need to help myself. But as I said, I was like, was I being a bystander in my own, you know, mental breakdown and just watching, like, someone else will help him. And it wasn't until I helped myself. Wow, did things turn around fucking quickly. As I've said before, you can be whoever you want in six months' time, and I am maybe not all the way there yet, but in six months' time, my life has turned around. It is massive. I wish I could stress you. If you can summon the strength within you to start today in a very short period. Now, I know I say six months, but it wasn't six months before things got better. It was like a couple of weeks when things started to get better. Within a month, things were going really well. Within two months, I was feeling so good about myself. It was about six months, I'm really starting to see the big changes, you know, in all shapes and forms, and my positive mindset, and how my relationships are, and how I speak to people, and how I think and talk to myself. My positive attitude, my positive mindset, you know, well, just little things that... You know, um, I don't know if I've mentioned before, I'm on the waiting list for an ADHD assessment. One of the things with ADHD is um, rejection, sensitivity disorder. I take things very personally. If someone sends me a message that I don't quite get the context of, I presume it's something shit. And I got a bit of a, um, you know, I've had a few messages here and there off of various people in my life, and they've not actually met anything bad. They're maybe having a bad day, and they weren't even saying anything bad about me. But I always, I used to always go for the, oh, they're, they're raising with me, I've upset them, what have I done to upset them? And just like, now I'm like, ah, well, if they're upset with me, that's their problem. Also, if they're upset, uh, you know, with something that's going on in their own life, then that's okay, and I'm not going to give a more grief to them and cause an argument with them. It just might be something that, it's just something I need to say, right, that's not my, that's out of my control. Don't be upset by it. And just think positively about it and, and what will be will be. So think about that. Are you the bystander right now? Have you, and, and again, I'd be interested to know if, you're, if you've had to deal with depression, anxiety completely alone, uh, one, have you picked yourself up quicker because of that? And two, have you had, do you feel that more people were willing to help because they could see that you were alone? And then I'd also like to hear from the people who are similar to my situation where you're surrounded by people and perhaps everyone's assuming that the other person is going to help. You know, and that's the other thing as well is, is yeah, you are, you are you the bystander in someone else's mental health? Now, if you're struggling, you've definitely got to focus on yourself first. I've tried to help other people while I was still struggling. It just was a recipe for disaster. But um, and, and then here's the other thing is if you are the bystander on someone else's and you start to help, you'll also find more people will join in. Like if I if I was if I was a bystander of someone falling down in the street and no one was helping but I helped, once they see me help, they're more likely to step in and help too. You know, it's just on your own, a lot of people might be scared to help because they don't know what they're dealing with. But once you've got a few years together, then that might change. So something to think about. That was quite interesting. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. So that was episode 17 today. We're flying in. We're 
I think we're going to hit 100 downloads by the end of the day, which is really exciting. That's the podcast about a week old at this point. Um, so it's getting out there. The message is getting heard. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're subscribing. Please be in touch. I want to start communication and talking to people and letting um, hearing other people's stories. And if you've got a story to tell and you want to jump on or you just want to have a chat, let me know. Doubtmenowpodcast at gmail.com. My name's Chris Gordon. Thank you very much for listening and have a great day. Stay positive. I hope you enjoyed another episode of the Doubt Me Now podcast. If you did, please, please do like that review button, the five-star button. Please share it with your friends. Let's get this out there and we'll see you in the next episode.